successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Grill Nation. Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show. And online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello and welcome to the Grill Nation Show with Jason Grill here on 980 AM KMBZ and on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Appreciate connecting with us as well today on GrillNationShow.com where you can find all of our podcasts. Photos of our guests and a list of all of our shows. This is uh, very happy to be back with you. We're on show uh, over 115 now uh, since we rebranded and uh, done over 500 shows so far, uh, which is really cool. Talking to some really cool Kansas City thought leaders, uh, people throughout the United States and newsmakers in our area. Really big show today. I'm going to start off by thanking our partners and supporters of the show. Uh, they are title sponsors of the show, our trusts. MoBank, BOK, BOK Financial, and Two West Advisors, also contributors to the Grill Nation show with Jason Grill on air, are the Rieger KC and Jay Rieger & Co., Ryan Maybe, One Light Luxury Apartments, and Reactor Design Studios, and Clifton Alexander, who's a really cool uh, brand wizard over there at Reactor. He's got some really cool shows lined up for us moving forward with some really great guests. So I want to thank all of our partners and supporters. All of their information is on the GrillNationShow.com website. On today's show, we are going to start off with Shanley Cox, who is a awesome uh, blogger here in Kansas City. She blogs about food and travel. Her blog is outtoeat.co. Uh, she is uh, uh, really uh, exciting to talk to. We're going to have some fun today. We're going to we're going to talk about some of the places that we should be going here in Kansas City, as well as maybe potentially get into some of her background and how she decided uh, with a full time job to branch into blogging and have such a high profile when it comes to food and travel here across the area and throughout the region. So she will be our first guest. Her website, again, is outtoeat.co. After Shanley, we will have on the phone Joel Goldberg from Fox Sports Kansas City uh, to talk to us about the current state of the Kansas City Royals. Joel's a reoccurring guest on the show. We'd love having him on. He's in Detroit uh, this week for the uh, Detroit series, then he's back this weekend. Uh, we'll tape the show uh, at the beginning of the Detroit series, get some tidbits on Joel on what it's like to go to a game there, as well as also talk to him about the current state of the Royals and whether they should be buyers or sellers going into the trade deadline here in July. So Joel will be joining us via phone in segment three and segment four today. Again, you connect with me on Twitter at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show. I'm also available on Snapchat. Uh, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search for my name. I love connecting with folks on social media. Speaking of social media, let's welcome our first guest to the show, Shanley Cox. Uh, from uh, Her Twitter handle is at out2eat. Is that an underscore there, Shanley? That is an underscore. Okay, <laughs> out2eat underscore. Her website is outtoeat.co uh, and also is on Instagram at Shanley, uh, S-H-A-N-L-E-Y, Cox, C-O-X. Great to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. So tell us about your background. I know you've been um, in Kansas City now for a while, right? Yeah. Seven so, years, I think. Seven years. Okay. And you uh, have a background in, in mass communications and PR, right? Correct. So that kind of 
got you involved. There's a lot of opportunities here in Kansas City in that world, right? In the marketing world. There is. So I started out in broadcast journalism, um, realized that I hate being in front of the camera. Um, we don't have any cameras here today, only yeah. microphones, so Thank you're good. God. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then I sort of went back to school for public relations, mm-hmm. uh, did the PR thing for a couple years, and um, through that realized that I loved writing. Mm-hmm. Um, so after a few writing gigs, um, I got approached to kind of start uh, working in advertising. Okay. And so I've been in advertising for about four years now. And for our listeners that aren't don't understand the differences, so marketing, you're really kind of writing um, different types of, of yeah, communications, materials, strategy, talking points and whatnot, and copywriting. And is that is that what you do in advertising too, or are you more of the copywriter behind the scenes, or are you doing the media buys and whatnot? So I'm not involved in any of the media buys. Okay. So the, in advertising, the writing that I'm doing is basically what you would see for TV commercials, mm. for any type of print advertisements, radio ads, uh, social media. So I have my hand in sort of all of that. I'm working with a lot of, uh, currently you're at Barclay, right? I Senior am. Senior copywriter there, working with a lot of big companies on some pretty cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm a writer uh, for Payless right okay. now. So that's my main focus. That's got to, you got to be creative to do that, right? <laughs> yeah. to, to sell a shoe, right? You got to sell these different types of shoes, right? Exactly. Um, you've worked in this industry for quite a while. And one of the reasons you wanted to have you on the show today was really kind of to start off and talk about um, when you got started with your blog. And I, I, it seems to be pretty well known now in Kansas City. Uh, take us back to what kind of dis- made you decide to do this and uh, when you started it. All right, yeah, let's go back. So um, when I moved to Kansas City seven years ago or so, um, I didn't know very many people here. I'm mm-hmm. from Topeka, so mm-hmm. not I wasn't too far from home. Mm-hmm. Um, but I took a writing job here in Kansas City, um, didn't have a lot of friends that lived here, and so I would just sort of go out to eat for dinner, for lunch by myself, and that was my way of exploring and getting to know Kansas City. Uh, through food, which is what I love to do um, when I travel as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would be going out to eat. I would take photos of my food, just like really horrible <laughs> is, photos this, on my iPhone. <laughs> this is when Instagram got started, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And it's a food app at first. Yeah, I would send my food photos just to like my mom or friends, just be like, "Hey, look what I'm eating! Look at all this cool food I'm eating in Kansas City." And um, so my mom just sort of had this strange suggestion, like, you should start a food blog. Okay. And I just scoffed at her. I was like, Mom, that's so nerdy. I'm not going to be like a nerdy blogger. (laughs) Um, And then about a month later, uh, I started Googling, how do you start a food blog? (laughs) (laughs) Right. And it took off from there. Um, You know, it was sort of a merging of several passions of mine. Not only just food, but writing, and then from that, stem my love of photography. So it was sort of this fun, creative outlet um, that allowed me to do all these things that I loved. So you take all of your own photos, then? I do. Okay. Yes. Well, that's pretty. Um, a lot of people don't do that in your industry, right? In, in the blogging world, they're, they're, uh, it's a mixed bag, I okay. would say. So yeah, so people can do either. Why? But you said you had a history in photography and love of photography that obviously influenced your ability to put together a good blog. Yeah, and that that love of photography really came from the blog. Um, 
I realized just taking photos on my iPhone was not cutting it for me. You know, I wanted my blog and my really my brand to be very, very professional looking. Mm -hmm. And so I realized I needed to quickly learn photography (laughs) and get a real camera, (laughs) not just, you know, taking photos on my phone. So, um, you know, I went to a few classes. I invested in some camera equipment and watched a lot of YouTube videos. (laughs) Yeah. So you have it pretty much down to a science now of what you need from each yeah, photo, exactly. whether it's a food photo or a uh, travel photo, right? Yes. That's one thing too. We got about 30 seconds left in this segment. Um, you also do travel stuff at your blog. I do. Yeah. Is it based around food? Um, it is based around food, but, um, you know, it's more than that. I do like to sort of branch out beyond just restaurants and, <laughs> you know, discover more cultural places. Where sure. Like, do you travel a lot then? Yeah. Um, I would say I try to travel anytime I have vacation days or there's holidays. I'm usually trying to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. Very cool. We're going to get into some of your travels here after the break. We're talking to Shanley Cox from Out to Eat. The website is outtoeat.co. You're listening to Grill Nation Show. We'll be right back. Out. Welcome back to the Grill Nation show on 980 AM KMBZ. I'm your host, Jason Grill. Appreciate joining us again via podcast at iTunes or Stitcher or online at grillnationshow.com or the old-fashioned way as well at 980 KMBZ. Always great to have you here each and every Saturday or whenever you listen via podcast. We are talking to Shanley Cox, and uh, we'll have Joel Goldberg on the show in our next segment talking about the Kansas City Royals. But Shanley, I want to continue um, your Instagram is just your name. And yes. if you scroll through it, uh, it's obvious that you're a photographer because your photos are, well, are, are you. very high quality. Um, that's something obviously you put a lot of focus in. I mean, is the photography aspect of this because it's pretty evident in, in what you're doing, whether it's pictures of you or pictures of the food or pictures of, uh, drinks. You also highlight <laughs> ways in liquors and all kinds of new drinks you should be having. So it's, it's, again, it's more than just a food blog. Right. Uh, food, you have more to, to the, to the recipe. You have travel, you have, you have, uh, drinks, you have, uh, fashion almost. I guess you could, a broader term could be lifestyle. Lifestyle. <laughs> there you go. You found it out. Yeah. It's a life, a lifestyle blog. Yes. For sure. Um, and again, it's out to eat.co is the website. Uh, people can work with you as well. I just found that out. <laughs> How does that work in the industry? Um, so I get hired a lot to do food photography. Okay. Um, I've worked with Thrillist and Eater. How did those relationships uh, take off? Those are uh, national blogs and national websites, obviously. Yeah. Um, they just reached out to me. They saw my food blog. They liked my food photography that was on my blog. And so they just reached out. Wow. And um, anytime they're sort of featuring restaurants here in Kansas City, you know, on their list or new restaurant openings, um, they'll reach out. and. Ask I'll tell you what, photos. when you get outreach by Thrillist, it's like a... We've been wanting that for Sock 101 and School of Sock, my company, one of the companies I co-founded for years. That's like a, that's a good website to uh, be a part of. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I did a little happy dance when I got that email <laughs> in my inbox. <laughs> so you do work with people and it's more so on the photography and also too on, um, I'm assuming you could write a lot about with your background and copywriting about, you know, different things happening here in Kansas City. 
Yeah, yeah. I do some articles, some freelance writing as well. Um, but I mostly get hit up for the photography mm. side of things. Have you ever thought about, I mean, starting a new business? I mean, there's a lot of good photographers in Kansas City. Um, there are some things in the works. Okay. Well, yes. we <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have to come back and I'll have to hit, hit you up after that happens. But it's obvious, you know, if you look at the website, outdeat.co, that you've gotten a lot of uh, national. Uh, you also were a contributor to USA Today story. Oh, yeah. Tell me about that. Um, so they reached out. Um, they were doing a barbecue. They were trying to put a list together for, I think, the 10, 10 best barbecue spots in Kansas City. And so they wanted um, some local input. And I was happy to oblige. That's so cool. Very cool. You do uh, sponsored posts as well. You have a pretty big Instagram following, about 8,000 people, right? So you, you can do uh, brand ambassadorship and uh, also do food writing and recipe development. So yeah. are you a... Uh, are you a good cook or do you just, <laughs> are you just a good eater out? Like, um, I'm much better at going out? eating the food that people put in front of me than me making my own food. But uh, I do like to cook. Um, I love making, coming up with new cocktail recipes, things like that. Um, but to answer your question, I would much prefer going out to eat. I can tell that. I, I can tell <laughs> yeah. that from out to eat and I can tell that from your photos. <laughs> Uh, what's your favorite drink, summer drink? Like, what do you like to have when you're sitting on one of these patios that I see in all your photos? Um, I, did you post a lot of bourbon stuff? And I was wondering if you like bourbon or not. Uh, actually gin is my favorite liquor. Moscow mules are very good. Moscow mules. I was just about to say that, um, vodka, vodka gin in the summertime. I don't know. That's just synonymous with summer for Mm me. Um, but I'm also a huge wine drinker, rosé, champagne. Um, Sounds good. Yeah. All of those sound good, actually. <laughs> yeah, are you getting thirsty? I am. I am. <laughs> we have a, uh, Ryan maybe is a contributor to the show, so yeah. uh, we always wonder when he's going to bring us drinks in, and he hasn't yet. Uh, Mark and I have been waiting for years for that, so hopefully hopefully that'll happen soon, but he's got great cocktails over there at Jay yes, Rieger. Yes, he does. Um, I'm assuming you've probably taken photos, of, tried their stuff at different places too, right? Absolutely, Kansas City I have. brand that's growing like crazy. Um, you were in Paris recently, I'm seeing on here. Yeah, I went to Paris. It's probably a dream for you, blogging oh, dream. Yeah. Oh, I was so excited. Um, I scored a great deal on tickets, um, and I went with two of my girlfriends. We went for 10 days. Wow. Um, and just talk about, you know, we just basically rolled home. We ate and drank so much. I mean, <laughs> the Parisians do it upright. Nothing but just carbs, alcohol, and cheese. Baguettes, coffee. <laughs> Baguettes out the wazoo, yes. I'm assuming you're a coffee drinker. I'm seeing one post here of, uh, of uh, is that Fruit Loops on there? What is that? Uh, Lucky Charms. There's oh, a cereal yeah. picture. <laughs> okay, I'm, I have a huge cereal addiction. Uh, I'm working on it. But um, sort of my nightcap every evening is a bowl of cereal. Mm, it's delicious. Uh, yeah, I've been told that's not healthy <laughs> to eat a bowl of cereal before bed. But. It's probably not, but uh, it looks good. The photos look good. Um, <laughs> I haven't had cereal in a while. I need to jump oh, back really? on that bandwagon. I used to you love should. cereal. Um, Shanley Cox is with me, outtoeat.co. Okay, Shanley, you do a lot of things besides photography, and obviously check out her Instagram page. It's also on Twitter, but more so on the Instagram where you can see all the photos. Uh, one of the things you do on your blog uh, besides highlight um, where you're at or what you're doing is you write articles about uh, some of the cool things going on here in Kansas City. And they're not just only about restaurants. Uh, they're also about places maybe to have happy hour, maybe to go on an anniversary, on a date, to uh, recipes, to uh, unique uh, ideas such as for things such as Valentine's Day. 
Uh, one of the articles you've recently posted was about uh, five must-try outdoor happy hours in Kansas City. Uh, obviously good photography. Let's talk about that since we are in the summertime and uh, it's been great weather recently. Uh, hasn't been too hot. Um, what are some of your favorite patios uh, to visit in Kansas City right now? Um, I love La Fou Frog. Okay. That's a, uh, that's a great restaurant. It is. And they have an awesome happy hour. I think $5 glasses of wine, uh, oyster specials. Uh, same with Jack's Fish House. Um, if you can't tell, I'm a huge seafood fan. Um, yeah. So anywhere. So am with, I. That's, yeah. something, that's something we share. Uh, there are really good seafood restaurants in town, too, which people probably don't understand. There are. Uh, that's one of my most asked questions. I get a lot of questions on the blog from people who are either coming into town or they are looking for a restaurant for a special occasion. And one of them is always like, can I get good seafood here in Kansas City? And yeah. I'm like, yes, you can. Uh, Jack's Fish House, I just think their seafood is top notch. Mm-hmm. Same with LeFou Frog. It's a good um, location, too. Yeah. Uh, right on the plaza there. They do have a nice patio. I think they're actually putting in a nightclub, not a nightclub, a outdoor bar as well next to that. Where well, the look at you with the is. inside information. <laughs> You're just telling me what's going it's on. It's called the Monarch, I think. I think it's opening at the end oh, of the yeah, summer. Oh, yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, so that'll be cool uh, because Jax is right next door. And so Leifu Frog, Jax, uh, obviously Graham and Dunn has a nice pad. You yeah, mentioned that in your article. What is AEP? Okay, so it's actually pronounced ape. Okay, ape. Okay, there I you know. go. See, I don't even the know. owner had to tell me that because I was saying it the way you were. Yeah. Um, it's a Thai restaurant. Um, but not your typical, what I would consider Americanized Thai. Um, so it's going to be very authentic dishes. Um, but they have a really great cocktail program there as well. They have a great rooftop. And that used to be Thomas, I believe. Yes, that and was Thomas. I used Thomas. to love Thomas. Oh, Thomas really? Thomas was like a go-to for me. And some of my <laughs> friends back in the day, uh, they, had, they had a really good uh, basic menu there. Uh, and a really nice deck. And this deck looks, I'm looking at your blog right now, the new deck even looks better. It's very colorful. Yeah, it looked colorful. A lot of oranges. A lot pinks. of oranges and pinks and blues, yes. So, uh, mention that. Graham and Dunn is also on your list, too. Uh, I think, you know, that's a great spot, obviously. Since they've been in there, it's been, it's always busy. You mentioned Lydia's, too. Lydia's, yeah. Um, People don't probably think of Lydia's for a patio. No, they don't. And that's why I wanted to feature it as sort of a, that kind of off the beaten path type happy hour that you wouldn't typically think of. Um, and, I think I featured an octopus dish on there. (laughs) You did. Um, Which I think another thing that I love is, you know, when you go to happy hour, it's usually bar type food. So French fries, uh, I don't know. But I love that with Lydia's or with Ape or these other places, it's sort of more upscale. And you get more bang for your buck, too. Mm -hmm. One of the other stories you have out is where to find bottomless brunch cocktails. I'm sure that got a lot of uh, eyeballs. Oh, my gosh. I'm sure every girl in Kansas City read that. (laughs) Yeah, that's one of my most popular articles on my blog. Is it really? People just want to know where to get all the alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And what, what thing that really helps your blog, I really think, is the photos. The photography really is exceptional. And when you're dealing with food, I feel like... You watch TV and you see like pictures of food or you see pictures in the newspaper and you're just like, I would never eat there. And then I'm looking at your website and it's like, wow, that that uh, uh, Bloody Mary looks delicious or that that cocktail looks delicious or that food looks delicious. That's obviously been one of the secrets to your success. Yeah. I mean, we eat with our eyes. Um, so I think, you know, you have to be able to feature food Uh in a way that people that makes people want to eat it. Mm-hmm, <laughs> so right. I guess I go into it with that logic. 
That's smart. Uh, Shanley Cox is my guest. Her website is out. Her blog is out to eat. Co. Her Instagram is Shanley Cox. Check it out. It's a lot of good photos. She's got a lot of good articles about places to go here in Kansas City. And you also recently featured uh, my uh, old stomping grounds, kind of where I grew up at. Uh, go up there once in a while to play golf. The Parkville area. Yes. You really were shocked at how cool it was. Oh, yeah. I love I'm like Parkville's newest fan. <laughs> um, for all the years I've lived in Kansas City, I'd never been up to Parkville until uh, I think I went two months ago or so. Um what a cute little city. Um, so much offered in downtown Parkville, just in, I don't know how big that street is, like yeah. not even half a mile. Winery, bars, with, restaurants, yeah. craft stores. And that little coffee shop, Parkville Coffee. Parkville Coffee. Uh, the the putt-putt place. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I even played putt-putt. Oh, did you? Yes. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, I have never done that. I need to do that someday. <laughs> it's right there. Oh, I can't speak to my skills. Oh, I'm sure you're good. It was a good time. Good time. Uh, Shanley Cox again. Check her out. OutToEat.co. I'm excited to hear about what you're going to be doing here in the future as well. On all social medias, just search for Out to Eat or Shanley Cox. Appreciate you coming on the show and talk to our listeners about uh, what you're doing in uh, food and restaurants here in Kansas City. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you very much. We'll be right back after the break with more Grill Nation. Thanks for joining. I got that sunshine in my pocket. Got that good soul in my feet. I feel that hot blood in my body when it drops. Hello and welcome back to Grill Nation with Jason Grill. Thanks for joining me again today on KMBZ 980 AM and on grillnationshow.com. I appreciate you also listening to that on iTunes and, and Stitcher Radio via podcast. Today's guests have been great so far. I'm very excited about our next guest. He's a reoccurring guest of the show. He is from Fox Sports Kansas City. He's a man you've probably seen on TV. He's Joel Goldberg uh, calling in today from Detroit as we uh, tape this segment for today. Going to have Joel on today to talk more about the Kansas City Royals as we get closer to the All-Star break and the trade deadline. I figured it was a good time to reconnect with Joel and talk to him about what he's been up to. Joel, welcome to the show. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back. You're a busy man. Busy, busy man these days, aren't you? Not much yeah, free time. Busy. No, but that, that's okay. That's... uh I don't know. I, I don't. I don't like to sit still a whole lot. So it's better to be busy and moving around, and and uh, like to lobby for maybe a few more hours in every day if we can get beyond twenty four. But it's all good. Better to be busy than not. Yes. Yes, it is. Um, so you're in Detroit right now. Uh, for our listeners who haven't traveled to that road trip, tell us about that stadium. Good stadium. I, you know, for for all of the sometimes that negative. Um, publicity maybe that that uh, Detroit could get whether that's a fair or not first off they've, they've done a nice job of of really revitalizing their downtown it seems like in the last few years although I will say that we stay in a, a suburb a ways out which is sort of like a I don't even know how to describe where we stay it's a little bit more suburban feel than the plaza but I think it has a little bit of that type of feel to it so we stay in a great area but the stadium's really cool it's it's a it's a good spot uh, I would rank it, if you want to rank stadiums, I'd probably, in our division, put it behind Minnesota's. Okay. But I, I don't, I take, I take the K out of everything because I don't feel like I'm objective. Although most people around baseball would tell you that the K is one of the best. But when it comes to my stadium rankings, if I, you know, if I rank the K 
as the best, I'm going to be accused of of being a homer on that one. And if I don't put it up there, everybody's going to wonder why I don't like it. So I also go there every day, you know, almost 81 times a year. And I end up here in Detroit and all the division stadiums nine uh, nine to ten times a year, nine to ten games a year. And so, you know, for now this is my tenth straight season of of making three trips to Detroit. And so, I mean, for me, the nice thing about this place and all of the spots in the division, and by the way, I think the White Sox, I would say, have the worst stadium in the division. But, you know, you just get used to the stadium, the ushers, the you know, just the routine and all that. So this is a good place to watch a baseball game. Yeah, I've heard that. Uh, I've heard that, and I heard it's not as difficult to get a ticket into that stadium. It, no, it, it, people it, go there. It, there's yeah. seats available. Yeah, I think, you know what, there there are seats available almost everywhere we go. I mean, even if you look at San Francisco, where we were at earlier in the month, and they have this long, that they brag about, sold-out street going on, which maybe it is on tickets, based on tickets sold. But, I mean, that stadium, the two days we were there, was two-thirds full. Mm-hmm. There were plenty of seats available on StubHub and places like that. So, I, I you know, I, I think you could probably get anywhere. But, to your point, Detroit is a little bit easier to get a ticket. Although, you know, I got to say that even in some of their the recent years when the Royals were winning and the Tigers were starting to fall out of the top of the division, they were still getting really good crowds on a regular basis. So I, the vibe is usually pretty good here. I mean, I, I don't know that, you know, they're, and we're recording this before game one of the series in Detroit. So I will be curious to see what the attendance is because they've been, the Tigers have been, really atrocious this year and certainly lately. Mm-hmm. But I, I've always been impressed with the, the amount of people that they get to come on out here. So I think that's pretty good. Uh, obviously, winning winning dictates a lot. I mean, Cleveland, for years now, well, they weren't getting any fans. And before I started, Ryan LaFever talked all the time about how that was the, the place to be with those great Indians teams, and he couldn't get a ticket. And I've done so many games now there where on a weeknight you might have you know 10,000 people. Um, but they're starting to come around again. So as we saw in Kansas City, winning winning cheers all, it really does. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. We're talking to Joel Goldberg. His Twitter handle is at GoldbergKC, correct, Joel? I had a freeze up on the computer there. At GoldbergKC on it's Twitter. It. Good Twitter follow. Uh, he's always uh, he's always Twitter. He's always tweeting about what's going on Twitter with the Kansas City Royals and what's going on in Kansas City as a whole. Joel, now in Detroit, is there stadium? So is there anything to do around the stadium? Is it? Is, I know it's a downtown ballpark. Do they have like a... An entertainment district down there. Yeah, I, and and I I will say I'm not too too familiar with it because because you're working because we well and, yeah I mean well I mean listen I've I've been known to uh, to explore around after a game uh, I I won't I won't uh, hide that fact but <laughs> uh, but 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 you know with where we stay you know 25 30 minute drive away I typically hop on the team bus and and do my exploring back by the hotel. So, uh, but, but yeah, I mean, I see plenty of people down there and around there. There's, um, it looks like some good spots. Actually one year, I think just the TV crew stayed downtown, uh, at a really cool hotel because the hotel that we were at was a little overbooked. And, and then there was, I think it was the opening of uh, the football season that night too. So there was, I think, uh, one of the days it was a day game at, at, uh, almost a tiger stadium at Comerica park. And then Monday night football opening, I think it was the lions and the giants next door and so there was a lot of buzz downtown and um you know it's i i, I was impressed with just walking around because uh, i did walk to the stadium and back and you hear so many negative things about detroit but 
but again, just the growth that they've had and, and kind of the investment that they're making in the city. I mean, you know, you drive through, or we drive downtown in the Boston, you see, I mean, you see some buildings and areas that look like uh, they haven't had a whole lot of attention paid to them in a long time. But I, I and I don't really know about how many people are living downtown, how often people come downtown to actually go and be entertained, like we know is happening right now in Kansas City. But I, I, I do think that there's some things to do around there. And, you know, if, for all your listeners, if, if, you're, if you're looking for a spot to go and you want to go see the Royals on the road, which I highly recommend, uh, it's just a different experience than, um, you know, than being at the K. Not, mm-hmm. not necessarily better, just a different experience. But I always tell people if you're looking for an easy trip, that Minnesota is the first one to do. And then after that, I would probably say Chicago, even though that's my least favorite stadium in the division, just because but, Chicago, but, Chicago. But, but a good city, though. Yeah, it's just a great city. And and then probably after that, I would say to, to come to Detroit. I mean, if you're trying to trying to knock some off of the list, it, it is a cool park. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Joel, as we sit here today, as we tape the show, I believe the Royals are 500, right? Correct. And mm-hmm. uh, the All-Star breaks here in a week or two. Uh, they've got a road trip, and they come home for a, some important games. Uh, I mean, what, what's your feeling right now about the team? I mean, it's uh, it's kind of been an up-and-down year. Yeah, and not an up-and-down year, I think, in a normal way. I mean, it was like all or none. It's been all or none. And maybe things will even themselves out now. And obviously, if they're if they're going to make the playoffs, they've got to be an above 500 team, I would think, to do that. But, you know, as it stands, as we're recording this, they're back to square one. So... For a team that was ten games under five hundred, and on May somewhere on the second week of May, I want to say, mm-hmm. to have climbed out of that, I, you know, it doesn't. It may not seem like much, but to climb out of ten games under five hundred, unless you go on a ten-game winning streak, it takes time. I mean, it's it's truly a you know two steps forward, one step back, or one step forward, two steps back, and it really takes takes time to to chip away at that, and they. They did that really over the course of five or six weeks. And so, you know, again, as we record this today, the Royals have had the best record in the American League in June. That would be one way to do it. You know, they what was impressive to me is that they went out west earlier in the month and they went 7-2 and two against mostly bad teams. Giants having an awful year. Padres having an awful year. Angels actually had a better record than the Royals when the Royals were out there. And it just come off of an impressive series win against the Yankees. But... You know, I think the Angels probably are a team that, that falls back and not expected to be in any kind of contention. So the Royals took care of business against the teams they needed to, but then they came home and they, they won two of three against Boston, uh, which is, I believe, the team that will win the American League East and, uh, and the team that was playing very well. And then they, they nearly sweep Toronto, a team that's in last place, but very much like the Royals um, playing much better lately, and I think a team that, that has the ability to contend in the American League East. So they came home and, and beat two really good teams and, and won both of those series. Um, they, you know, they had they won a couple of series from uh, from Cleveland. They had they have not to this point played well in the division against anyone but Cleveland, which is kind of strange. And they'll have that opportunity coming up, uh, you know, at, over this weekend here with Minnesota coming into town. And they've been dreadful against the Twins. The Twins continue to play good baseball to the surprise of of many, including myself. And so. If the Royals are going to contend, they're going to have to start beating the Minnesotas, the White Sox, um, really everybody in the division. Don't have to be perfect, but you just can't keep losing the way they've been losing in Minnesota and the Chicago. Mm-hmm. And over the weekend, uh, as this will air, and we'll, we'll put it up before the mm-hmm. weekend on iTunes, the, uh, they play a four-game series versus the Twins. There's a doubleheader on Saturday. Yep. That's going to be interesting. 
and extremely meaningful. I, you know, I don't, I don't know that you have to put a number on what they need to do. Uh, I mean, let's be honest here. If they we're not at the point where they have to win so and so series, but it obviously would help. And I, I would just say that you you can't afford in those four games. This is the final homestand before the All Star break. You can't afford in those four games to lose three or four. Right. And that shouldn't happen. Uh, it could, but I, I think it, it's hard. It's hard to win four game series. Period. I mean, to to go three and one against a team is not easy. And so, but if they could do that, I think they at least need to shit. split that. Yeah. But you know, if they could have the kind of week where where they um, go four and three, five and two, obviously that would be huge. But I, I don't think they can afford to uh, to lose that series to the Twins. It won't be the end of everything. They're going to have slumps again. Yep. Uh, they're going to they're going to have rough stretches, and um, and I think that those rough stretches were the the the, the struggles and the the impact of those those early season slumps were um, were at least helped from their end by the struggles of Cleveland. And so, you know, the, the, this door in the division was left wide open because no one has been all that good. So it's there, and the Royals have you know, have, have come right back to the door, and they're knocking on it. Joel Goldberg, we'll be right back after the break, talking more with Joel and about the Kansas City Royals. You're listening to Real Nation. Welcome back to Grill Nation with Jason Grill. You're listening to 980 AM KMBZ and also joining us today on GrillNationShow.com. Appreciate connecting with me on Twitter, as always, at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show. A lot of energy in the show today. It's great to have Joel Goldberg back with us from your from Fox Sports Kansas City. He calls over, uh, hosts and reports over 150 Royals games a year. He gets doused with Gatorade often, and he's also the TV play-by-play voice of the Missouri Mavericks hockey team and UMKC basketball announcer. Right now, we're focused on the Royals. You can follow Joel at Goldberg KC. Joel, we were talking about the upcoming stretch for the Royals. After they come back home, they uh, go on to the West Coast. You're going to have some really good stadiums to go to, the the Mariners and the Dodgers before the All-Star break. I would have loved to join you out there in the, the LA series. I've uh, been to that stadium the last few years. Love that stadium. One of my top five but I'm hoping the Royals can uh, go into the All-Star break strong. And one of the reasons why, Joel, is because after that, they have a long homestand, and then it's trading deadline time. And I think a lot of people in Kansas City are uh, really interested to see what the Royals do, whether they're going to be buyers or sellers at the All-Star break. Uh, I don't think we know yet, do we? No, we don't. And I, I was amazed. Well, I wasn't amazed, but I was sort of amused, I guess I would say, when I heard a mass amount of people uh, maybe not a mass amount either, but certainly plenty of people on sports talk radio and just fans in general that were, were talking about how they need to sell, sell, sell last month. And it's like, it's just take a deep breath, everybody. You don't see anybody right now sell, sell, sell. A couple moves here and there, but I think that in part because of the wild card, you know, teams like to hang in there as long as they can. And that's true of a lot of things in life too, right? I mean, you typically wait till, till a deadline to get things done um, in terms of, of maneuvering and negotiating and all of that. So they don't have to do anything yet. There's no reason to. And, you know, why break this thing apart if you don't have to or you can hold up? But here's the other side to this, too. I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens here 
But if they're in it, and so we have a month here to really make that determination, and it can go really one of three, one of three ways. It can go, um, they, they have a great next month, and they're clearly in it. They have a really bad month, and they're clearly out of it. Or they're kind of around where they are right now. Oh, I, I would say right now that they're in it, but, but where they're sort of in striking this distance, maybe in no man's land. So, you know, are you going to buy, are you going to sell, are you going to stand pat? And they have to figure that out. I don't see them just selling the farm uh, if they have this incredible month. I mean, I don't know that I see them going after the Johnny Cueto type and the Ben Zobras type. Because to do that would mean not only keeping all of the guys that might be free agents, but it would also mean um, tearing apart more of that farm system that you are really going to start to need next year. But, you know, if you look at this team as it stands right now, remember, you're going to be getting Danny Duffy back soon, so there, there's an addition to the rotation. How soon is that, Joel? Had... You, can, you, can, you, can you give us a little tidbit on that? Is that like a month from now, three weeks from no, now? No, 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 no. I, I think that there's the outside shot that as it lines up right now, we could potentially see him pitch the last game before the All-Star break. Okay. I don't know that that'll happen. But if you look at the way the, way the days are, and they, they were saying, and by the time this records, we'll have another rehab appearance by him, and so I don't know how that'll go, but but they were saying at least two more rehab appearances, and if you line those all up, it, it would get him back there, or maybe he you know starts right out of the All-Star break. Either way, they're going to get a you know, second to third week addition of Danny Duffy to that rotation. And so that's obviously huge. Uh, we know what Vargas has done. Uh, Jason Hamill's been better. Uh, presumably, I would think that Duffy would, you know, replace Jake Junis in, in that rotation. But, you know, they, they and, I, and, and I think Carnes is, is still always off, and that's been a little bit of a, a mystery or frustration. But, you know, if you look at what this team could add if they're in it, to me, you look around the diamond and, and all their position players, uh, uh, all of whom have really improved the guys that were struggling. To me, if you're going to make any changes, maybe you add a couple of bullpen pieces to solidify that um, and some role players. So I don't think by being in it that they need to go completely all out and mortgaging their future. Mm-hmm. The other thing to look at, too, Jason, is that they might just stand pat, period, because if they don't get what they want back, if they're in a situation where they have to sell and they struggle, they may not get as much back as they want for a Hosmer or a Canyon or a Bustakis, and they may just get more in compensation for them in the offseason that they lose them. So there are a lot of moving parts and a lot of elements here. Hopefully they're just in it, and we see one, one really good last run. Yeah, that's kind of the thought process, I think, from the fans' perspective, although mm-hmm. I, I, I always have that issue. I guess you got to try to win the division if you if you, if you're from my perspective i mean i that's when i would would go for it uh if if with with or within a, you know a handful of games up or maybe a couple games behind but you just need to get you just need to get in i mean david glass told me last week he said he said you think there's anybody in baseball that wants to play us if we get in you know it's a pretty good point get in and go this team has as much experience as anybody there there, there won't be anyone that makes the playoffs this year that has had as much playoff experience as a team in the last few years as the Royals, if the Royals get in. That's that's a good point. We're talking to Joel Goldberg, Fox Sports, Kansas City. You see him on TV every single night, except on off days, pretty much. Uh, Joel, uh, looking at some of these trades, speaking of, of buyers or sellers, 
haven't turned out the way we would have liked probably from the Dyson v. Carnes trade or the Davis v. Solaire trade. Uh, if we're, we're talking about going all in, I think had the Royals kept Dyson, you know, he could play in the outfield every day. He could move, uh, Bonifacio to DH. Now, but Bonifacio might never have made the team or got called up if he was still on the team. Uh, and then obviously Wade Davis is just killing it. And for the Cubs this year, it would have been nice to have him in the bullpen. No question. Uh, I, I don't think that any of those trades can fully be evaluated for a few years because, right? You know, the Royals got back players that'll that'll be under contract for four years versus guys that were one. Mm -hmm. I know the one thing that they did not want was to be going into this off season following 2017 with seven or eight big free agents. So I felt like, and again, we'll see if up to this point those trades have not worked out very well. But I, I felt like for for the Royals, you know, they, they needed to last off season. And now remember, last off season, the pending we weren't even talking about Jason Vargas, but the pending free agents were Davis, um, Dyson, and then Escobar, Kane, Duffy, Ustakis, right? Hosmer, and Duffy. Yeah. I felt like they needed to do something with at least three of those guys, and they did. They mm -hmm. signed Duffy long term. They traded Davis. They traded Dyson. Uh, you know, until Nate Carnes went on the disabled list, uh, there there wasn't as much concern about that trade because Carnes was killing it in the rotation. He had a little bit of a rough start, um, in part because he he pitched the first game out of the bullpen just because they didn't need that fifth spot in the rotation. And once he got into a groove, back uh, really before he went on the disabled list, he was just dominating with the strikeouts and everything was looking good. So that's a glimpse of hopefully what's to come in the future, and they've got three more years of him. But he's got to be able to stay healthy, and that hasn't happened. The Jorge Soler thing, obviously, extremely frustrating. But interesting now, too, because, you know, and Soler's been playing really well in the minor leagues. Mm -hmm. But Bonifacio has been an incredible find. And they, they knew about him. He's not a surprise to the organization. He's been on their radar for a while. Maybe if they know that he's going to have the production that he did, they go a different route and they make a different type of trade. But let's also not forget, too, that we're, we're really a couple of months into the profession or the big league career of Jorge Bonifacio, and he'll be challenged and have some downs, and, and we'll see how he handles those, too. Yeah, you're right. And uh, who knows, maybe Slur will be playing DH for the Royals at some point down the stretch here, uh, and you know, there might be some other options at DH. Joel Goldberg has mm -hmm. been my guest here on Grill Nation Show. Joel was on Twitter at... Goldberg Casey, great friend of the show, Joel. Uh, appreciate you always coming on. Whenever I reach out to you, uh, I love having you on from the road, and we hope that we can talk to you again soon, hopefully after the uh, the All-Star break and the trade deadline with some uh, good news for the Royals. And and I can promise you I'm going to be rocking a really good school of, uh, school of socks tonight. Boom. That's going to bring home a win. I love it, Joel. Thanks for joining me today. All right, Jason. You've been listening to Grill Nation. Thanks for joining us again on 980 KMBZ. Have a great day.